Hello, it's Painter Sharpless, and you're listening to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Excited for what we have today. Some good news for student-athletes. I'll get into that in a moment. I'd say this is kind of like a two-part podcast, really. Uh, in the second half, Alex Kirshner will join us. Uh, Justin Ferguson, my co-host at ESPN 106.7, also in on this conversation. Before that, though, I will walk you through some of the basics of the news that came out today involving name, image, and likeness. This does not go far enough, nor do I think the NCAA is, quite frankly, doing this from an altruistic place, but they realize that they don't have much of a choice. So we'll dive into all of that today on the show. I think phenomenal news for people who care about college sports and especially for the student-athletes who, quite frankly, in football and basketball, I know bring in big money, but in other sports have lost out on financial opportunities This is a step in the right direction. So let's dive in. But first, a word from the folks who make this podcast possible. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening? You're listening to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Some big news dropping the day with the NCAA. I mean, they approved something. Uh, They gave themselves a little bit of credit, and we'll get to that. We'll get to why this isn't quite what you think. But at the same time, it is a noteworthy step in the right direction for giving players reasonable compensation and giving them some power. And some of this, quite frankly, is just because the NCAA has backed themselves into a corner. All right. The other part of this uh, is that public opinion over the last five to 10 years has shifted drastically. And so the NCAA has supported a proposal to allow college athletes to sign endorsement contracts and receive payment for other work, provided that the schools they attend are not involved in any of the payments. A working group assembled to evaluate potential ways to modernize the NCAA's rules about athletes making money from their names, images, and likeness presented its recommendations to the Board of Governors during its annual April meeting. Worth noting, this is... Uncharted territory, the NCAA's news release said athletes will be allowed to appear in advertisements and can reference their sport in school, but they would not be able to use school logos or branding in those advertisements. To be fair, that last part, uh, like a good example, Cam Newton in an advertisement when he was with the Panthers often had the colors of the Carolina Panthers, but you would notice no logo, all right? Like eerily similar, wink, wink, but you get the point. So the last part, fine, all good. What's allowed and what's not allowed 
Wednesday's proposed changes open the door for athletes to sign endorsement deals with a wide variety of third-party companies. The changes would also make it possible for athletes to monetize their social media channels. I think that is noteworthy because when you look at athletes, in this case anyway, we could go to other aspects of life, but for the context of this conversation, college athletes sometimes have a huge following even if they are not stars, all right? So I think that's an important point. And then also profit from writing a book or making a music album. Uh, There was a YouTuber that was told he had to shut down his YouTube account, or at least he had to pick between continuing to do a YouTube channel and being an NCAA athlete. That's obviously dumb. He should have been able to do both. Hosting a sports camp, starting a business, among other potential opportunities. The sports camp is a big one. And I think it also is fair to note that that impacts a lot of people, not just the big stars when you think about promotions and advertisement. There are plenty of athletes who are renowned and have a lot of attention within their world, within their sphere, especially when you think about gymnastics, volleyball, swimming. So there is some real opportunity for people who are not like Trevor Lawrence and Zion Williamson, among others, to benefit from this. Furthermore, Athletes would be allowed to hire agents and other professionals like accountants to help them with business opportunities. The specifics here are still to be determined. So how will the NCAA determine what's fair value for an endorsement and what's an impermissible extra benefit? That gets more complex now because essentially everything is off the table, right? There will be guardrails in place. That's the NCAA's wording here. They want to ensure this isn't disguised as pay for play. All right. (laughs) Here's what some of the reports stated, quote, these rule changes will necessarily include the consideration and adoption of safeguards identified earlier to prevent, among other abuses, NIL opportunities from being used as a recruiting inducement or boosters using NIL opportunities as backdoor pay-for-play. If you are wondering, some of you might be, NIL just stands for name, image, and likeness. When does this go into effect? This was one step, and in a moment when we get to Alex Kirshner, he will talk about what's problematic about this, but this is one of the first few steps in a complex process to enact significant changes and allow student athletes to gain compensation for their name, image, and likeness. It obviously has not gone into effect. The board recommended all divisions have their proposals fully drafted by October 31st, 2020 and vote no later than January 31st, 2021. The NCAA dragging its feet a bit here, but a lot of this does take time. And to be fair, a few months back, when they had a, what I felt was similar PR go at this, where they've patted themselves on the back, they did set 2021 as a timetable. So they've given themselves some cover. And finally, the thing that perhaps you're all most concerned about, does this mean that NCAA football in video game form will be back? Right now, the answer, no. And that gets complex. And we're going to let Kirshner talk to you about some of the challenges 
there, but there are workarounds, and I think that's encouraging. So a brief rundown. It's certainly not all of it. There's a lot more questions than answers, it feels like. But finally, the NCAA moving in that direction, and it's it's past time. I mean, we are decades past due, in fact. It's also worth noting that essentially most politicians are viewing this as a positive step, and most politicians don't find, like a lot of you listening, the NCAA to be a very popular organization, whether you are on the right and you're about free market and the opportunity, and this isn't free market, but still giving those players the opportunity to get money for what they're worth. All right. And then on the other side, labor, like if you're concerned about the worker, the little person. So pretty much we've all come around in the last few years, some of us quicker than others about why this is beneficial and it does not put universities or the NCAA in a position where they have to employ and salary the players, the student athletes. Anyway, I mean, I know, wink, wink, amateurs, the amateurism model for the NCAA this way stays intact. So that is a rundown. There will be more on this on Locked On Ole Miss. There will be more everywhere. Uh, This is some of the biggest news we've had in a few weeks, and it's good news, quite frankly. With that said, we are going to turn to Alex Kirshner, who is an awesome follow on Twitter, really covers college football in an interesting, dare I say it, unique way. All right, so be sure if you're not already familiar with Alex and his work, you'll want to check him out. Also, the other voice you'll hear in this conversation is my good friend and co-host on ESPN 106.7 as we talk to Alex about name, image, and likeness. His name, Justin Ferguson, and he writes for The Athletic. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Let's go to uh, the the ongoing conversation about name, image, and likeness. Justin, earlier, right before we got you on the phone, called it a half measure. Where are you on this? I think half measure is is pretty close and, and a good way of thinking about it just on a couple of fronts. The first front being that they haven't done anything yet. The NCAA has had this habit over the last six months or so of making a big triumphant announcement every time a committee or a subcommittee announces that they are interested in doing this and planning to do this, planning to let college athletes collect money for their name, image, and likeness, um, but without actually making anything official, which they still haven't, uh, but also because what they are talking about doing is something less than you know, allowing full market, full free market rights to these players. I mean, I think that one of the things that they made clear in their announcement today, the NCAA did, is that they are going to shoot for a fairly restricted market, uh, at least to the greatest extent they can. Hey, Alex, uh, one of the uh, big things a lot of people kind of targeted on uh, during this, all the news that came out this morning was, the uh, the NCAA football video game series and how the NCAA is saying, you know what, we can't collectively, you know, this group licensing thing. Um, one, that seems like a cop out. What do you think about that? And two, like, how much do you think that that like if EA has to come down to it? I know you've written stuff in the past about, you know, NCAA and the series and, it, uh, you know, it being out for a while. Uh, how much do you think EA is going to try to fight to like make it happen? Because it's going to make so much money when it when it finally comes back out. Not according to Danny Cannell. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that it might not be a complete cop out because there is something to it that uh, without a union for college athletes, something like the NFLPA that's used to set up NFL players appearing in Madden, it is definitely harder 
to execute a group licensing agreement that would put players in a new NCAA football video game. I do think that there are ways to do it, and that's just me thinking about, you know, the NFLPA has signaled some interest in helping to organize some kind of group licensing vehicle. Uh, the National College Players Association, which is sort of like a, a loose, unofficial union of college athletes, has signaled some interest in trying to set up a way for players to, to get involved in group licenses for things like video games. So I do think it could be done, and I think that eventually it will be done. Uh, and part of the reason is that, you know, you mentioned EA. I do think that EA Sports, just from conversations that we've had um, around the industry and around college sports, is ready. I, I have no doubt that that would be a monster-selling video game that a lot of us would, would love to pay a lot of money for. Um, and, you know, the reason I think it will eventually happen is that if you follow the money in college sports and just kind of make predictions based on what will make the most money for the most people, um, particularly schools and, and, you know, administrators, you tend to get pretty close to the pin uh, in, in guessing what's going to happen. So uh, I do think that eventually it, it'll happen because of that. How much of this, you know, and you tweeted about this earlier, how much of this is one of those things where the NCAA wants to, you know, they, they're, they're so aware of how much good PR they can get from just saying that they are being willing to change on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've talked about it now. You tweeted, like, they've done this three different times for the last six months. And then that in 2021, you know, that's always been the, that's been the deadline. But it's, it's the thing where it's like, it seems like every time the NCAA comes out and does something, it's just like, to me, it's like they're playing to the crowd without actually addressing the problem as much. It seems like they're just kicking the can down the road as much as they can. Yeah, I think that they are kicking the can down the road, and they've kind of telegraphed the reason for that. I think that they are trying to buy time to get the United States Congress to pass a law that would supersede various state laws, like the one in Mm -hmm. California on this issue. Uh, And I think the NCAA's hope is that Congress would pass a law that had supremacy over state laws and that was more restrictive to players' earning ability uh, under a system like this. They're hoping for that kind of bailout. I'm not sure that one is coming because – if you look at what some senators and some members of Congress uh, from both parties have said over the last year or so, there aren't a lot of big fans of the NCAA itself. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes that gets that gets murky because schools lobby and schools are, of course, part of the NCAA decision-making you know, process. But uh, I do think that the NCAA is, is stalling for time as much as possible and hoping to get a better deal than it would if laws like California's uh, were to rule today. So, you know, it'll be significant when it happens, when, you know, whatever it is happens, because college sports have been around for a long time and we haven't had, had a rule change like this, but they definitely haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Kirshner is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore Kirshner. Give him a follow for sure. Uh, Banner, do you have any more questions about uh, name, image, and likeness? Because I have, I have a, I have a, a, a couple of questions I want to ask Alex about something he wrote to, and posted today that I am just now fascinated with. Uh, does it have to do with the vaccines? Yes, it has to do with the vaccines. Okay, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna I'm going to go mute in. my mic. This is all you, Justin. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Alex, one of the things you guys did at Banner Society uh, is bad idea time, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I love this series. It's been one of my favorites uh, for 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 a little while now. Uh, your your bad idea that you posted uh, today at Banner Society. Uh, let the people in on. I guess kind of pitch your idea of how we should give a college football playoff spots uh, in this uh, in this you know COVID nineteen era of college football. Sure. Uh, the idea is simple. It is that 
we would make an auto bid to the playoffs, set aside one of the playoff spots uh, for the first university to get a vaccine approved for use in the United States. And uh, I think that the chief reason to do it is obvious, which is that, you know, there's a lot of folks with pretty big money cannons who like to point those money cannons at football programs, but might not point them at medical research. Uh, Mm -hmm. And a way to do both at one time might just be uh, to uh, allow a football team into the playoff in exchange for its university giving the world a, a life-saving vaccine. And there are, of course, many problems with this. Uh, you know, you'd <laughs> see schools try to pass off things that are probably not quite uh, vaccine-like as actual vaccines. And, you know, you'd have kind of some, some junk science being thrown around there. But it's a thought. We've got we to be creating incentives at this time. Alex, is, was this just a, a real ploy to make sure that Pitt gets in? Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Pittsburgh, and, yeah. and I was thinking certainly about that. I mean, Pitt, of course, in the 1950s uh, was the place where Jonas Salk found the polio vaccine uh, that, you know, just about eradicated that from from the American public and from much of the world. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Pitt, Pitt has a long tradition of kind of playing spoiler for teams like in the regular season and ruining their <laughs> days and sometimes seasons. And in this case, you just kind of uh, skip right to the end and just kind of stick stick Pitt into a playoff spot that somebody else might take. Uh, Alex Kirshner has been our guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore Kirshner. Alex, last question for you. This is a conversation we have a lot with a friend of the program and the Perfect Monday guest, Josh Vitale, who <laughs> also went to Maryland like you did. Uh, we yeah, are yeah, Painter, yeah. Painter and I. Painter and I have been fascinated as guys who grew up in the South and went and went to Auburn and have been surrounding the SEC. We're fascinated by the concept of Maryland football, and I just want to ask you, <laughs> what is it? What was it like? Being at Maryland and that, like, car, like being around a football team that, mm-hmm. I mean, for lack of a better word, has just been eh, mediocre for most of their most of their time. You know, it's it's an interesting existence there. I, I think like think about what an Auburn game is like when you're playing like Liberty or like Southern Miss or I don't know Arkansas. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like that on a on a regular basis at Maryland, and uh, every couple of years we get excited that things are turning and like Maryland will make like a brief appearance at like number 24 and number 25 and eight people and then lose like 63 to nothing one year to Florida state or yep. whatever it was to Penn state this last year might've been like 55 to nothing. I'm, I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> so it's a tough existence. I have learned, I've learned to focus my energies on other things uh, where I can. Yes. Thanks guys. Yes. Appreciate you. Thanks Alex. Yes, sir. Sweet. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Again, Alex Kirshner. Be sure to check him out on Twitter. Same for Justin Ferguson. They're both great at what they do. And I enjoyed having some other voices on the Locked on Ole Miss podcast. Give me your thoughts. You know what to do. At Payne Sharpless on Twitter. Some good news for these student athletes. Tell them to bring me my money. We'll pick up on Friday, y'all. Appreciate you hanging out. Till then, be easy.